We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. A reminder, Nate Taylor from The Athletic will join us in studio in the 1 o'clock hour today. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwart with you. We'll get to the trash of the day in about 20 minutes or so. But when I say Mr. Reliable for the last, I don't know, six years, who has that been? It's been Travis Kelsey. Maybe you could argue was Tyree Kill to a certain extent. But really, it's been Travis Kelsey. And it still is, no doubt, Travis Kelsey. They have two of those guys down, though. I'm willing to say that. I, I think we can stop with the questions about Juju Smith-Schuster. Can he be somebody you can count on? I, I don't know how that can still be a question anymore. What now he has continued to do, this is not just a two-week spell or anything like that. This has been going on for the last month, really. If you take a look at where his targets are, where his receptions are, the Buffalo game, we know it was five for a buck 13. The Niners game, it was seven for a buck 24. Touchdowns in both of those. And then this past week, 10 grabs, 88 yards, crucial catches at crucial times. He is what you hope Sammy Watkins would have been if he stayed healthy all the time. And yes, I will knock on wood because it's only nine games into his career here in Kansas City talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. But he's staying healthy. He is a guy you can count on. And this is why more and more find a way to keep this guy in Kansas City. I'm just terrified that his level of play, Cody, is going to make it awfully tough to do so. But I have no more questions about can he be Mr. Reliable in this offense as well, and can you count on him? I think part of the reasons I feel like keep him in Kansas City is because I know they got other things to figure out, like offensive tackle or what they want to do with some other offensive line spots. That's not just shored up for the next five years like maybe you had hoped. you got to figure out if you're going to pay LeJarrius Sneed. you got to figure out multiple spots. You really do. And you're hoping to replace the McCall Hardman replacement, maybe now with Sky Moore, depending on how or his Tony, role yeah. or Tony, depending on how their roles grow over the next few games, weeks, months, and again next year. He's way better than I thought. Um, he is, and I don't think it was unfair. Like, I don't go back and be like, boy, how did I not see this coming? There was no consistent evidence that this player existed anymore. Like, it's not that I thought he was a bad wide receiver. I think going into the year, I told you he was probably going to be a 900-yard wide receiver and that Patrick Mahomes would still have 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and the offense would be fine. I just didn't think he would actually – you could look at him and be like, is he of a number one caliber wide receiver quality? I didn't think at any point this year I would ever feel that way. But I do. He is a number one. He's not the elite level talent that some of the other guys you might pinpoint that tag to, right? Like Jamar Chase, always like the one you mentioned, or Justin Jefferson. He's not that guy. He's not Tyree Kill. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Jamar Chase. No, he's he's a but he reliable is, number one. Yeah. He's he is super consistent. He, and I go back, I know that we hate to mention like the good runs other teams went on, but that's what the Patriots did. They had the Randy Moss one time, but every other time they just had the good, reliable 1,100-yard guy you could count on all the time. That system works. He seems to fit into this offense so well. That That's the thing. I mean, there were moments where we said that about Sammy Watkins as well, and again, he couldn't stay on the field. But like the, for Juju, he, he fits it so well, and we've seen over the last month 
the rapport, the relationship between him and Mahomes, the trust factor only increase. And that's why we've seen suddenly the success of what he's been able to do. And, and you're right. Like, I, I don't think anybody predicted he'd be on pace for 1,200 yards, which he is in Kansas City. But I, I still think the one thing about Juju that somehow wasn't acknowledged enough was just that he was still always, and he still is now, but so young when he arrived here in Kansas City, he still is. Like, meaning he had a couple of years in a row of injuries and wasn't a thousand yards. He also been in the league for five years. He, so he I kind of felt like we had this story on him a little, but the, the, again, to say, that was wrong to but. say though that, you know, he, he had no chance of becoming that number one wide receiver. Still. I think if he was 29 already or something, then yeah, I think that was, that was fair, but he's 26 years old and he's putting together a year in which he's now top 15 in the league in receptions, top 15 in the league in yardage. And they got to steal the deal on a one-year contract, as we know. The incentives are going to make it, which he's going to hit seemingly every single one of them, it looks like. Um, uh, 65 <laughs> catches and 900 yards for $4.5 million. Think he's going to hit those? Yeah, he's already had 44 catches for, 580, for 582. So, yeah, Probably. I think, he's, I think he's, in, he's in good shape there. The question, of course, is the long-term picture. And I, I, I don't think there's anybody in Kansas City that does not want Juju Smith-Schuster in Kansas City long-term. The big question, of course, is going to be, with his level of play this year, the, the benefit is what we're seeing. The weird downside is, is he going to out, you know, outprice himself here? Because that free agent market we know is what it is in the NFL last year. And we know his competition isn't all that great in the free agent class this upcoming season. So and I we know the myth of I, hometown I, discount I, is very limited. I, I agree. And I'm hoping that because he, to me, fits so well, and he's going to be still under the age of 27 years old this offseason – that the Chiefs will be willing to pay him, quote-unquote, what it costs. There's always a number. We know that. We found that out with Tyreek Hill, right? There's always a number where you say, hey, I can't, we can't, we can't quote-unquote, do this. But, man, I, I, to me, you got to find a way to, to bring him back to Kansas City. This, is, this has been awfully impressive in, in the eight games that he's played so far in KC. He had only had 1,500 yards receiving in the last three seasons combined. He was... Barely averaging like eight yards a catch, nine. It was like nine yards a catch during that time, right? I mean, I don't think it was crazy to say there was risk involved in this, but the Chiefs were right. He still had old Juju. And here's the thing that I would think I, he's never going to think this about himself. This is a really difficult, like, self realization moment, probably. But there's two things in common for his two best seasons, because this is likely going to go down as the second best season of his NFL career, because he's on pace to have the second most yards, the third most touchdowns, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, right? He's on pace to have his second best year. Most second most catches, second most yards is when he did that in Pittsburgh, he had Antonio Brown taking up a bunch of the heat. And now he has Travis Kelsey taking up a bunch of the heat. It's a nice way to live. You can make a bunch of money in Kansas city, having the best quarterback in the NFL, throwing you the football and Travis Kelsey, at least for the next, for the foreseeable future, it's going to eat up well, so much attention from you. And in 2018, when he had his 1,400-yard season, Big Ben wasn't a shell of himself yet. You no, know, he, wasn't. In, in 2018, he still had 4,500 yards In 2018, I don't, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I'm guessing 2018 was still a pretty good year for Big Ben. We can Maybe I'll be wrong when you pull up the numbers, but I would assume at 2018. I mean, Antonio Brown had an even better year yeah. than the 1,400, so I'm going to guess he had a pretty good year so in 2014. I, so I think it was pretty good Big Ben still. Uh, he led the NFL in passing yardage yeah. in 4,900. Yeah. He had 32 touchdowns to nine when you, picks. When you, have so a legit quarterback, when you have a legit quarterback and you have other weapons around you, it's, it's going to help your game as well. There's nothing wrong with that. I see over on the Jay Southland so service text line, 913-586-7610. You guys relax. He's not consistent. He's had three good games. What? He's a two. He's not a one. We don't have a number one. He's a number two. I, I, what, what do you think a number one wide receiver does statistically 
in the league. We know Travis. 14th in catches or 15 in yards, whatever. We know Kelsey is the number one option in this offense. Nobody's debating that. But what if you don't think Juju is a number one wide receiver at this point? I would honestly, though, what what are your benchmarks for a number one? 1,600 yards? Like, what are you expecting? He's on pace for 1,200 yards. Mahomes going to throw for over 5,000. Travis Kelsey's on pace for, what, 1,250, something like that himself? Name a number one wide receiver that isn't Tyreek Hill right now. And I'm going to guess that the stat lines mimic that. By the way, saying he just had three good games is also just not accurate. I agree. He had 10 catches for 88 yards last game. That's a good game. Seven catches for 124, good game. Five for 113, good game. So that's three in a row, just to be clear. He also had five for 89 against Indianapolis, good game, and six for 79 against Arizona, good game. Yeah. I would possibly argue five for 46 against Tampa Bay, in which the offense scored 41, might qualify. So if anything, he's had two bad games, and the rest are good. I just don't know what – honestly, please text back in, though. What's the standard for you for a number one wide receiver – statistically then. from a consistency standpoint, yeah, because again, they all don't just have 110 yards every we, game. We've brought this up multiple times when we've talked about Juju and, and to a certain extent, even with MVS, but specifically Juju, which is if you thought before the season, somebody was going to be, let's just say 1200 yard receiver. You realize they're the math doesn't work out that they're going to have a hundred yards every game. Otherwise yeah. he'd be a 1700 yard receiver. I think some people, and I don't know if this is what this person is saying, but I think some people view number one receivers as like, the elite. Yeah, Justin, like Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Tyree Hill, Hill, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, those types. They're, he's not that. He's not, but again, when, whenever we talk about elite, we remind everybody, they're elite because there they're, five there's them. only like five. Yeah, like there's only like five. Oh, there's 15 elite guys. Well, then they're not elite. They're they're just really good. Yeah, so that, that's... If Honest you to God, say he's not he's an just, elite receiver, that's fair. That is fair. Uh, no problem with that, but there's only, yes, like five of them. Jamar well, Chase, so, Jefferson, It's probably Cup, 10 Tyreek right now, because Tyreek, Jefferson, Cup, do we, I don't know if we want to include Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, right? Those are the ones. Then there's everyone else, and that's where he fall at the top tier, right, of the, these are really good wide receivers, and that's where he is currently ranking. He's amongst the Amari Coopers or DK Metcalf, honestly, to this point, or Mike Williams. Like, that's the kind of range he has been consistently falling into. That seems pretty good. Well, and don't you think that Sunday night was the best example of what he can mean for your offense when Patrick Mahomes in the second half had a ton of time to throw and nobody was separating downfield, much like it was for the past four years where there were two guys you could sort of rely upon. He threw to Juju, what, 12 times in that game? Eight catches for, I mean, 88 yards? So that is the best example of when nobody else is getting separation, he was someone you could rely upon. That's what you want from a number one. He yeah, may not be Tyreek who's thing. turning it upfield for 70 yards. That's a beautiful thing. We wondered, would they have two guys that you could say are Mr. Reliable in your offense? And I think it's been confirmed. Of course, it's Kelsey and Juju's the other one. You know what? I it's like I know we do like sports radio probably does analogies too much, but it's exactly that in boxing. They're no longer the knockout fighter. They're Floyd Mayweather. It's boring to watch sometimes, and it's not that, but you understand. It's not what it used to be. It's not 700 yards down the field all the time throwing it 75 yards to Tyreek Hill. It doesn't look like that, and it's not going to look like that this season. That's not the offense they are anymore, but they are the number one scoring offense in the NFL halfway through the season. And Juju Smith-Schuster is on pace for 1,200 yards. He's not even their leading receiver. Uh, We expect that. The 1,400 yards we're getting out of him. 
MVS, at least for the last game where he didn't get much, was pacing above what I would have predicted for him as well. Like the the plan is working, and Juju is a huge part of that. We'll get to the trash of the day here in about five minutes or so. But I you know on a Monday after a Chiefs game, of course, we, we focus all in on the Chiefs. But some wild stuff happened in college football, and, and I think refreshing stuff happened. What I mean by that is Alabama and Clemson say goodbye to the college football playoff this season. I love it. I know we're going to get expansion here in a couple of years. Who doesn't? Right love now, it? there's four slots, and Alabama with their loss to LSU say goodbye to that. And of course, with Clemson and what Clemson looked terrible, got just beat up by Notre Dame. That game was not close over the weekend. And so it's nice. Yeah, Clemson and Bama are out. I don't know what the four teams are going to be. Of course, Georgia looks like for sure going to be one of them after what they just did to Tennessee, who have been playing so well. Right now, you know, you look at Georgia and Ohio State. There's almost State, no way it's not going to be Georgia. And I know Georgia and Ohio State isn't necessarily fresh blood, but the other two spots could be. The other two spots absolutely have a chance to be that. And I will be rooting for TCU, by the way, to, to, to go undefeated and, and make it at this point in time. Absolutely. I To me, any kind of parity, and my argument is that NIL makes parity more possible. Now, this is too early. I think this is just a one-off year. But that's all it takes to get There's always going to be some of the same schools in there. You're not going to get a college football playoff of eight teams that never includes Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, whatever. But at least for the first time in a long time, I don't have to watch a damn game with Alabama and Clemson. I can't watch those two teams in the college football playoff anymore. It makes the sport unenjoyable. If the same two teams are in the same big game over and over again, yeah, I'm rooting for t- TCU. We'll Will get, they probably get their ass kicked by Georgia? Here's the other probably. thing. Probably. We'll you don't them. want, and no, even if you act like you do, trust me, you don't want a college football playoff with four non-brands. No, I, know I don't we, want that. I just don't we, want. I know we always talk about like, oh, we want to see fresh blood, but ultimately. I want to see the best. If you're the right. Best. If it's Michigan, yeah. Tennessee, Oregon, yes. and North Carolina, nobody's watching. Yeah, but like, for example, this year, we'll get the new rankings tonight, so I, I understand that. But, you know, Georgia, of course, right? Ohio State, Michigan has a, is, is probably going to move up based off of everything that's happened this past weekend. But, like, if you told me it was Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and let's say somehow LSU found a way to get in. I, I mean, I, I, would, or SC. I, I think that would be fun. Or, yeah, USC, sure. Like, I think that'd be great. I, I, I truly, I, I said it's it. It's like a USC's minute. like a not-a-name brand. Uh, they just haven't been or, the brand they were 15 years ago or if TCU gets in like I think if, if TCU runs the table of course they're going to get in and and so I think that would be fun to, to, to see and they're a good enough team to where yeah it's not it's not USC it's not Clemson it's not Oregon but this that is, would be nice the books do not respect TCU no, at no, all no, by the no, way they're no. still giving them an 80 to one they chance. keep coming back and winning football games I mean Sonny Dykes has that team they just they, they keep finding ways to win football games and eventually at some point if they go undefeated in a power five conference the committee like they're going to be in the dance to me the combination of NIL and expanded playoffs is going to make this more plausible Nick my argument's never been let's kick out all the big name schools and that's not what I want to see you need the big name schools for the same reason you need them for March Madness you need Alabama's the number one seed but you just need once every 15 years for the eight seed in the college football playoff to be able to knock them off it's not going to happen. Most of the time, they're going to lose, like 40 to 7, right? That's going to be 14 of those games. But for the 15th, where they make it close, maybe the upset gets pulled. That's what I want. Just some parity. College football has the least amount of parity of any sport we watch in the United States. There is none of it. It's the same seven schools. 
And the only reason that you don't get exactly that in college basketball is the randomness that the NCAA yeah. tournament brings. Because there's 68 teams. Yeah. When you, when you put enough teams into the field, weird stuff will happen. And basketball's just got more flexibility. You can, for a day, just... Like, the NFL, there's not, there's not a play that you can just be like, well, they shot light out from three. You'd have to be like, well, they just hit like nine deep passes against us. Well, that doesn't happen in, an, in a college football game. So you're not going to cover, you know, like in a college basketball game, all it takes is one shooter on the other side to just make a bunch of threes. Yeah, and then the game goes weird. That's why the, the fun Cinderella stories. Like you have one player on a, on a smaller school, but he's a stud. I mean, look at John Morant, right? I know they didn't go on a deep, deep run. but or Steph Curry. You know, John yeah, Morant and, and Steph Curry weren't on big power five programs, but that's why, I mean, Davidson went on a run. Why? Because they had a player that's going to turn out to be a Hall of Famer in the NBA, one of the greatest shooters of all time. And he happened to be on Davidson. Anyway, all right, let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. All right, this one's just bear with me for a second here. There's a couple twists and turns in this trash of the day. Oh, more so than the strip club I one love, from yesterday. I love twists and turns. Do you? You're, yeah. uh, you like them? Which one do you like better? Turns. More than the, more than the twists. <laughs> yeah. So this has to do with a story in Wisconsin where there's a nurse facing charges. Um, and it has to do, unfortunately, with an elderly individual who had some issues with his leg, okay? He was admitted to the nursing home in March. He had fallen in his home, okay? He goes out. He had severe frostbite on both his feet. Terrible situation. Um, according to the medical chart, he had his foot amputated in May. The nurse, uh, who is now being charged, cut the man's foot off. They interviewed her as part of the investigation. She said uh, that she removed the foot for compassion and comfort as the foot was uh, begun to smell. And was She's not a surgeon. Barely. Yeah, exactly. She's a nurse. Okay. <laughs> She's and, cutting and, people's and, feet and, off because exactly. it started to smell. And was barely still attached to the man's body. Some of the witnesses said the man did not appear to be in any pain during the amputation. However, others said he was in pain and it was, quote, not a very good amputation. And you're correct. She's a nurse, not a surgeon. Are there degrees of amputation or is it just miserably bad or it went great? Well, I would imagine you're knocked out normally. Yeah, probably. Um, first of all, and it's, there's still some expertise involved here. Anyway, once the foot was removed, the nurse instructed the staff to place it in a freezer to preserve it. She said that she intended to taxidermy and bronze this gentleman's foot oh, as no. a reminder to wear your boots, which one nurse described as, quote, weird. Just one? How many nurses work at this place, Alex? Another nurse How said... How is there one that said that's weird? Another nurse said they needed to report the incident to the facility's administrator and to the police. She's being investigated, and she has been charged with elderly abuse. Again, she's a nurse that amputated someone's foot and then thought it was going to be smart to freeze it and, and taxidermy it and display it. Weird is an understatement. What just, is with this country's... Oh, my God. What is with this country's fear of taxidermy? Dude, a, a severed foot? You don't think people should be reminded to wear their boots? Uh, not with using not with a, real, a severed foot. You can put a, How about a boot. You can put a fake. It's taxidermy. Like it's. No, if I said I had a dead, if I said I had a dead deer at my house, you'd say, "Oh, that's weird." If I said I had a stuffed deer at my house, you'd say, "Okay." That's Do fine. you think it would be amputated weird if I had foot. an arm amputated? And I got it stuffed, and it was just, like, on display in my house. That's your decision. Your extremities are But that's the yours. problem, Nick, is that... Will they even give those to you? If you go to the hospital, can you be like, hey, we're amputating your arm? Yeah, like, I'd like to arm. keep it. Yeah, it's your she, arm. They can't uh, tell you. They can't there's gotta steal be a your arm from you. giving me my arm. The thing is, she didn't have permission to amputate this gentleman's foot to begin with. And it, it wasn't as if a, this was just a nurse at the nursing home that did it, okay? That's the problem. 
apparently the text line is very well versed on amputations because there is not there is a somebody is recommending a book, another person is recommending a documentary that covers this exact a topic. Dispute over who owns an amputated foot. Yes. Oh, interesting. And so it's not automatic that if you get yours amputated, first of all, why would you want to keep it? That's gross. That's disgusting. I've it's said, called I've finders seen. keepers. Oh my god! I've maintained says Nick's acting like Dahmer again. Again? What do you mean again? All I've said, I've maintained pretty firm on this stance that when I die, I would like to be stuffed and put in the corner of this studio. Someone just says, "Just tune in." What the hell are you guys talking about? Well, it's the trash of the day. It's the trash of the day. Someone had their foot amputated who didn't ask for it by a nurse, not a doctor, and and she, she wanted to taxidermy it and bronze it. Seems weird, huh? I mean, that's serial killer behavior. That's not the first time she's cut off a foot, right? No way. No way too way. casual about it. Like, I'm going to stuff this foot. I'm going to put it on display Ugh. about the boots, and I'm going to make a bronze out of it. That's not the first foot you've cut. You've cut off other appendages from someone. And how did, you're like, how did they find out it about this? It probably started off as like a toe so it, or something. They, but, you know. they investigated, but also what happened is there were more investigations because at the funeral, they, so they did an autopsy and everything, and they thought it was weird that his leg was just next to him. On the bed. Yes. By the way, the nine one three says Nick saying he has a dead deer leads me to believe he's got another golfing story. Yeah. <laughs> Have you also uh, killed a deer? That's what it is. The text says he killed a goose. Now he wants to stuff I've the never, damn thing like Dahmer. I've never killed a deer with. <laughs> Could you golf imagine ball. he killed that goose and then it's just taxidermied in his house on display? This is that goose I killed. It's eye hanging out. Isn't that how you described it? Y- yeah, I didn't keep the goose though. Someone. Did you want to? That's, no, that's what they're no. from. The, from the eight one six, the documentary, I guess, about a guy that buys a storage unit. In the storage unit is someone else's foot, and then they dispute on who gets to keep the foot. He bought. So the they wanted unit. both parties wanted the foot. <laughs> Correct. Excuse me. Imagine finding someone else's foot and be like, "Ooh, someone says, can, I, can I keep mine?" <laughs> What's up with the Josh Allen injury? While we're tied, so ah, there's no update yet. No updated yet. His arm is still intact. I do Elbow not believe still good. amputation is on the table for Josh Allen. <laughs> I think that won't be the the remedy for his situation. They were really trying to downplay it, so I think he's. We're not there yet. Someone says Cody would amputate his super foot and bronze it to show it off and run it in everyone's face. Super bone. Super bone. Yeah. Uh, super foot. Just one bone. Well, is it evolved? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like one big bone now. It's kind of how this works. Your foot is just one bone. There's not enough separation between them, pretty you much. You have like a, a club foot or something? Y- yeah. It's well, not a club foot. It's not. That's not exact. There is some separation. There's just like, less. When you go to the lake with your family, do you keep it covered so you don't scare off anybody else <laughs> or what? Have you noticed that I haven't had a, a problem lately? It's been in very good uh, shape. No, Cody. that's not true. Cody. Last week, I brought it up. I said I looked but like I was your foot was dragging. Limping. Yeah, but also it's been warm out. It's now that getting, was kind of a win. It's getting colder, and like oh, an old, you think it's going to be bad. Like an old, your just foot gonna is going to flare together. up. Yes, you probably have if some you, weird arthritis going on or something. If you walk well, around sure this office, you see drag marks <laughs> in the carpet. <laughs> He's just a dragon from where like Cody's cool. just like yeah. Also, it's not you probably have. I definitively have diagnosed arthritis. That exists. How old are you? Man? So old. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that for a show that already calls me old. You know what? I'm going to hire a youth expert. A youth expert for, for this show because I'm sick of being called old. I'm getting somebody to what is a teach youth? me things that even you guys what don't. What do you know. want a youth expert for? That just sounds sounds like just a youth. What? Sounds like just a teenager. You're gonna go to a local high school, find some burnout to tell you everything <laughs> the kids do. Yeah, maybe. My goodness, that's Maybe. the trash of the day. 
Up next, we'll get to the Chiefs red half hour. And one thing that continues to pop up for the Chiefs when that offense struggles, Cody thinks he's figured out. Next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent or own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. The MVP conversation is evening back up. In fact, somebody's moved ahead as the favorite. We'll get to that in just about six minutes or so. Uh, But when we've looked at the Chiefs and the games in which the offense has struggled, you think there's one clear thing that is happening? I guess I'm confused why people are still complaining about the weapons. I'm not saying that there aren't teams with more talented offensive weapons just generally, but the Chiefs ones are good. They get open. Open enough. I know just like anything else, there are problems, but as I was looking at this game, you're always trying to look for the answer, right? What is the answer for when the Chiefs have struggled this season or at any time in the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes era, what is the common denominator? What is the issue? What's causing their problems? And more often than not, it's not one singular thing, right? But this year it is. It's the offensive line. It's not the wide receivers. They are as deep as any team in the NFL at wide receiver. They're not as top heavy as any team in the NFL, but they are as, as, as deep. Yeah, Miami's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and they throw it to them. Almost an impossible amount. Tyreek Hill has 100 targets this <laughs> yeah, year. That's insane. That's a wild number. Jalen Watson and him, or, or, or Jalen Waddle, sorry, and him are first and third in NFL in receiving yardage. But the Chiefs go pretty deep. A 1,400-yard receiver, a 1,200-yard receiver, an 800-yard receiver in MVS. Plenty of other skilled you know, weapons that they can use. McColl on pace for a nice season. Like, I don't think that that's their issue. I think it's really very simple. Like, when their offensive line, especially in the run game, doesn't operate, then they don't perform well. And I think that a lot of this is, that's why I was asking the questions about Niang with Wiley. And I don't think Wiley's played all that bad. He's been fine this year. I think it's more noticeable when he plays poorly because Orlando Brown Jr. has struggled so much this season. And Trey Smith's not having as good of a year. I know that's a name we don't mention as much. He's not having as good of a year as he did last year. And some of that might be because he was hurt to start the season. And it's one of those like Chris Jones situations yeah, where he's just he's never quite he- been fully healthy the entire time. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's 
playing somewhat of a role. Like he's out there, they're they're, they're starting him, so they feel like he's good enough to play at a, at a high level. Uh, but I, yeah, you do wonder if there's some entry there going on for for Trey Smith at all. I, I think it's yes, the offensive line. It's whether or not they're being dominated on the line of scrimmage or not on both really sides of the ball, right? On this happens on defense too. Is the defense getting dominated on the defensive front in those games? That that that's when this team has struggled. But also, let's not kid ourselves. What has also been a theme in some of the games where they've struggled, not just the O line play. But they've had special teams blunders, and that goes for any team in the league. If you're going to have muff punts and missed extra points and missed field goals, well, then you're going to set yourself up. That's part of that recipe for losing a game. And the Chiefs found a way to still win against Tennessee. And if they would have lost, we would have said, man, very similar to the Colts game. Missed extra points, missed field goals. Offense wasn't great. Like we would have been, It was the same kind of formula as where it was trending until Kansas City found a way to get just enough from their offense. And of course the defense was fantastic to say the least in, in the second half. I think when, when they don't control the line of scrimmage and when they don't have any bit of a running game and you're a defense and you can just go ahead and know that the chiefs are going to sit back there, maybe not 68 times, but they're going to throw it 45, 50 times. It makes your job so much easier. The bucks game. What was the reason? Why was that one of the best performances of the season? And that's dominated the line of scrimmage. They could run the ball a little bit. They doesn't mean they couldn't pass, but they could run the ball and they owned the line of scrimmage. And the Titans, for the most part, did that in this past game. And so that's why the offense wasn't clicking as much as well. It's I mean, in the text line saying people want better receivers than better explain <laughs> how they want to pay for them. Because we understand that. You've said that. If you have a top end quarterback, you can't have everything. But, you know, you look at Buffalo and they have a quarterback on a big fancy contract and wide receivers who are, you know, like but one of those guys was drafted. Gabe Davis isn't making any money. Only Stephon Diggs is. Stephon Diggs is the only player on their offense outside of Josh Allen who makes a lot of money right now. The Bills are going to run into the problem the Chiefs have, just so you know. They're not going to be able to just do this because they're not going to – if they were paying more wide receivers, then they wouldn't have paid Von Miller and have the number one scoring they're, defense in the NFL. Totally all in. I mean, that that's right. They're, t- they're totally all that, in. That, yeah, and that's really it. It's, for me – it's I understand that, yeah, maybe there are times you wish they had another top talent guy spot already kind of locked in. But I mean, how can you complain about what they've assembled? Well, it's, I think it doesn't the, seem like that's the problem when they go bad. Look at that game specifically in which Mahomes had to throw the ball 68 times. You know, Marquez, Marquez Valdez Scaling plays 71 snaps, gets one catch. It's how many targets? One one target. One target. That tells me that when the Titans kind of dusted off the old blueprint of rushing four and putting everybody back into coverage, Mahomes had some time to throw in the second half, but nobody was getting separation downfield. I mean, it took uh, a really impressive throw and catch to Noah Gray. You had that really impressive uh, deep sideline shot to Justin Watson. You had that conversion yeah. to Travis Kelsey where he had to sort of adjust and make a really impressive catch. If guys are constantly having to make these tough contested catches, that by definition means that they're not getting a ton of separation downfield, which wouldn't be as evident if you didn't have to throw the ball 68 times because you have absolutely no ground game. And That's gr- what it comes back to to me. Like you mentioned earlier, if you could run the ball with any level of competency – the deficiencies that you have at receiver wouldn't be as obvious. Do we think so? Like, I guess that that's what difference would a slightly better running back make in this offense in our mind? So because I, like, let's not go as far to be like, Derek what Henry. difference would it make if Derrick Henry was <laughs> sure. back there? Probably some, 
because he might be the best running back in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. But what would it be uh, if they just had a slight upgrade yeah. over what they had now? And to me, I don't know that their uh, offense would definitively change. I'm with you. I mean, yeah, take the elite guy, like elite guys out of the conversation. Um, based off a scheme, based off of a desire to still pass the football and in combination of that, yeah, I, I don't think it's that they don't have three backs that they can't figure this thing out with. Like, I, I really don't. I don't think they're... To yeah, what, but they don't for, have for, any above-average backs no, either. They're what, all fine. But what they're asking them to do, I don't think you need to have a top-10 running back in this league to make it effective. I mean, if you want to go back to the Kareem Hunt conversation and things like that, like I'm not so sure that Kareem Hunt necessarily means that the Chiefs uh, would have just ran all over the Tennessee Titans in that game. I think that was a offensive line that was getting handled pretty well at the line of scrimmage. Give Tennessee credit for that. That's happened a couple times when the Chiefs have struggled on – on offense. It has, but it's, and, but that's it. Like in that last game, do we really think it was the running backs fault? They weren't going anywhere. They had nowhere to run. They were losing that game. And then eventually the chiefs are like, all right, well, we're never going to have a chance to run. So we got to pass. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think other than the elite, elite running backs, I don't, I don't, they could have the, the 15th best running back, whoever you think that guy is in, in football. Yeah. And I'm not so sure that we're sitting here talking about this great rushing attack. No, I don't think so either. I think that the Chiefs... The text line's also wondering why out of all days. I don't know what today Although is. Although weirdness, they you did brought have... up You brought up weapons. The text line, someone texted in and said, <laughs> huh, figures. Oh, so now we know. Just like Cody, it says to bring up weapons on Tuesday, November the 8th. What the hell's that supposed to mean? I don't know. You tell me. What's the significance of today, Cody? That it's election day? Mm. Huh. Is that what you want me to say? Bringing up gun issues on this show. We're not, ha- not, toler- not. not tolerating those. You mentioned you We've said, been given explicit are instructions. Not to talk about election day. And here you are, working in weapon conversations. Not acceptable. First, you're demanding What would you like me to say up. instead of weapon? Just nothing. Just don't say anything. <laughs> about the Chiefs offensive players. What, what Playmakers, is the personnel? Personnel. Plenty personnel. of words mm-hmm. in the English language, man. But you like to, you like to be controversial. You like to bring up those kind of issues all the time, you know? Hmm. Nick's shaking his head. I'm just going back to the very beginning of the show when Nick Nick did this. It's disgusting. Typical whataboutism. Mm -hmm. Something that you preach about on this show. (laughs) Accountability is needed, you know? I regret ever bringing it up because now I feel like since I brought up whataboutism, it's being thrown in my face all the time. Oh, how the turntables... Excellent, says Cody's trying to suppress voters. <laughs> hmm. You want to go I, there? I shouldn't even laugh. That's not funny, Cody. Wow. Serious thing, man. The way that I could, I didn't say the Chiefs' offense was suppressed when the offensive line doesn't play well. I said one word. <laughs> Constantly being attacked on this show by the media. You two in the oh, media. Oh, uh, here we go. Of course. <laughs> of course. My You guys. Hmm. Just trying to have a regular football conversation about the ways in which the Chiefs offense can improve. Yep. That's it. You know whose odds have improved, though, here since we, we last checked in on the MVP race? That would be one Patrick Mahomes. It's pretty wild. Skyrocketed, right? All of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win MVP at multiple books. I'll just pull up the odds from FanDuel. Plus 185 now, Patrick Mahomes. Jo- uh, Jalen Hurts, excuse me, plus 250. Josh Allen now has the third best odds. He had been the favorite for much of the season. There's some skepticism, of course, about his health right now. Also, he's coming off two performances that aren't MVP-like. Mahomes clearly put his team on his back, and Jalen Hurts continues to play at a ridiculous level for a team that's the only undefeated team in football. So 
we talked about value and whether or not there was any on Mahomes. Well, now there's not because he's plus 185. He was even 4-1 to one just a week ago. So it tells you how quickly the odds can shift. But Patrick Mahomes is your MVP favorite for the first time this season. He should be. Tell me, tell me how many other quarterbacks had their circumstances changed this significantly. Tua has had everything given to him, right? Like his talent got infinitely better if he's your guy. Josh Allen has the exact same returning offense. And I again will point out this as I do think it should relate to the MVP race. He has the number one defense in the NFL. Right? Number one. It's nobody's better. Well, the Eagles, which has another MVP candidate at quarterback. Again. So, yeah. So, again, I do think that that should factor into this decision making. You get better field. You get better position on the field. You get more turnovers. You get more possessions. Everything works in your favor in that regard. He's doing it with Juju Smith-Schuster, which is a good wide receiver, as we have now established and did talk about. But he's not, again, that top-tier guy. He's got the second or third-best, I guess, record in the NFL, the best one in the AFC. He's leading his division again. He leads the NFL in passing yardage and on pace to set a record. He's on pace for 45 touchdowns. What's not MVP about it? Yeah, I think you laid it out. I mean, go back before the season when we were kind of making our case. and There was, the, the what, the day that sports betting launched? in Kansas on September 1st and we are going through and some, some one of the books even boosted Mahomes MVP odds to 15 to one for a brief period of time on launch day. Otherwise it was like nine to one. And we were saying like this sets up in the past. He didn't have the narrative on his side, but you just laid it out there, Cody, no Tyree kill. What would he look like? And yet he's pacing to have one of his best statistical uh, seasons for Kansas city. You got to win your division. Well, it looks like they're going to be in position to do that again. Could yeah. he be the number one seed? They're in position to do that again. All of that is working in his favor. That's why we've seen the market adjust. Uh, it also helps anytime you play well on a primetime game, even if the offense struggled, but when you put a team on your back, the way Mahomes did to will them to victory, that helps. And then, yeah, I think we've also seen quite a bit of adjustment because there is true fear that Josh Allen's going to miss multiple weeks. Well, and that will shift in the betting market for sure. I think I just, that's already, I think that's, that's why to me, he's fallen to third, to third side. instead of when, Originally, they, when this happened, this time, right after the game, it was everyone was pretty much yeah, tied. Yeah, this time yesterday, everybody was sitting at like plus 250. And and now we just told you, Mahomes plus 185 for MVP, Hurts 250, Allen 310, and then there's a huge gap. Tua and Lamar are both 11 to 1. Tua probably, to me, he's maybe the underrated one in this category. But the miss, if he hadn't missed two games, I think he'd probably be more like 6 or 7 to 1. Because, Nick, you brought it up yesterday, wasn't he? He was 29 to 1 yesterday, Tua was. Like 29 to 25, one. I think. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's 11 to one now. So value wise is always, always the key for this kind of stuff. It's How did shift. somebody move that much in one day? Because Money, Josh Allen yeah. moved and, and so everything else up. got tighter. Opens it up a little bit. And because two to win the MVP is the same thing that we've discussed a million times. You have to win your division. Well, if Josh Allen misses any time, it's way more likely Miami could win their division than previously thought gold. Because if he did, if Tua took this team that was pretty mediocre last year, has a 2,000-yard receiver on it, wins the AFC East win, no one would have expected him to win it. Mike McDaniel for coach of the year, Tua for MVP, Tyreek for offensive player of the year. The odds on all of those things go up. And you missed your chance to bet Tyreek Tyre Kill offensive player of the year, by the way. Because for just a week you. ago, that was 7-8-1, to eight to one, and it's way down. I will say now. we warned you on this show, and I warned you on the betting show last week that there was still a chance while Tyreek was sitting at 7-8-1 or eight to one to hedge offensive player of the year. And you're right, Cody. Now he is sitting there at like 3-1. to one. So that's what's fun about the awards market because it can change very quickly. 
Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson are the three best odds makers for for offensive player of the year. It it's the MVP is going to move a little bit, and this is I think probably the lesson we can learn every year. Last year through five games, like oh my god, Russell Wilson's <laughs> going to win the MVP. <laughs> that was so far from the truth by the time the season ended. Right, we were so, and then they were like halfway through the season, like Josh Allen's going to win it, right, and then it became Aaron Rodgers again. So I'm not saying it's going to stick at Mahomes. If you like. Someone else, but like he seems like he's probably going to set or come close to setting the NFL single season yardage record. And when you set individual accomplishments for one of the best teams in the NFL, win your division, have a chance at the one seat. It's a very easy thing to win MVP. The Chiefs end up in the one seat and Patrick Mahomes just sets the record for a single season yardage record. He's the MVP. The rest won't matter. I just remember, as we all know, these are voted on before the playoffs start. So what Allen or Mahomes or Hurts or anybody does in the postseason doesn't factor into the MVP conversation. That's right. That's done. Yeah, but if they go into the playoffs as the number one seed, that's right, certainly they, going to boost they, it. They vote on that right before, don't they? Yes. Because that would have had a huge bearing every year on the MVP award. Huge bearing. I mean, last year, you take a look. Joe Burrow would have gotten more gotten love. dinged significantly. Like, Mahomes would have gotten more of a bump. Joe Burrow wouldn't have won it, but like Burrow would have gotten more. Burrow would have had some serious votes for it. If Imagine if Josh on, Allen had won that Chiefs game. Those first two, he's nearly perfect. Sure. He probably would have won it because he was second in the MVP vote last year anyway. Like, it's it's a lot of the same stuff. I still think it's going to move a little bit, but Mahomes clearly should be and is the favorite. Yesterday, uh, Chiefs owner and uh, chairman of the, the organization, Clark Hunt, spoke in the afternoon, and there was a lot of topics that they addressed, including the draft coming to, to Kansas City, as we know, this spring. Uh, and one of the conversations we had had around the trade deadline was with the first round pick the Chiefs have, right? And in the offseason at one point in time, Brett Veach made a quick comment, we thought maybe joking, about, you know, Clark Hunt. Did he tell him that, you know, we kind of like to keep the first pick because, you know, the drafts in Kansas City, we'd like to have somebody come up on stage. Kind of looks pick, cool. You know, and all that. And we're like, ah, you can't. I mean, if you if you have a chance to get a Brian Burns or something, you got to still trade it. But it was like, it was a real conversation because it was something that was said. Clark Hunt was asked again yesterday about that. Uh, and I think this should calm everybody down. Like if there's a trade to be made in the off season, even they're not going to hold the, For another the, left tackle. Again. They're, they're not going to hold themselves hostage because the drafts in Kansas City. the exact quote from Clark Hunt yesterday on whether or not, you know, the first round pick is untradeable because the drafts in Kansas city he said, quote, well, Brett Veach and I have had an ongoing joke here for several years since we learned the draft was coming to Kansas City that we had to have our first round pick for the draft. Of course, at the end of the day, if there's a transaction that makes sense for the club, I'm certainly not going to stand in the way of that. In quote from Clark Hunt yesterday, that's exactly how they should operate. It's just nice to hear it publicly in case there was some concern. Yeah, because I told you that would be thing. a terrible way to operate. Now, I don't think anybody should be worried. If there is a move to be made in the offseason, whether it's a tackle or whoever, wherever they feel it, they would have to maybe give Defensive up a first-round yeah. pick or whatever. They could get burns in the offseason instead, yeah. Correct, which, yes, is how they should operate as an organization. And I, fortunately, they you know, they have good enough ownership to realize that, that that's a smart way of I operating. I understand it. The, the ideal moment for Clark Hunt is the Chiefs go on and win the Super Bowl this year, and with the final pick of the first round in the city in which your team <laughs> resides, yeah. you're saying the Kansas City Chiefs select first round. You know, like I get yeah. the storybook version of that. Would be awful to operate Here's that the way. Thing, so it's good that he is open. Like, I do think that it's kind of important because it feel like this took a little bit of a life of its own because they made that joke and then some people took it serious. And we even sat on this show and said, would that ever factor in if you were really trying to determine a deal? And you're like, I think Clark probably really would like them to make a pick. Just don't stand in the way. I can understand the desire to have your team make no a doubt. pick. No doubt. 
in your uh, city in the first round. But just don't let it stand in the way. That's all I'm asking for. But as we said at the trade deadline, if you at that time, if they could have made a trade to win a Super Bowl, help them win a Super Bowl, same thing still applies here in the offseason. If the Chiefs also are coming off of a Super Bowl win, nobody's going to give a damn whether or not they show up there at pick 32 nope. with an actual pick. Because but if they lose in the AFC title game again, they're going to kind of want them to make that pick almost in a I, weird way but to if make I, themselves better. But if I also tell you that, well, they made a trade on March the 15th to go and get a, a stud edge rusher or wide receiver or whatever, uh, they don't have pick 31 or 32, uh, you'd still be like, okay, does that give my team a better chance the next year to win the Super Bowl? So there will be plenty of love for the Chiefs in Kansas City. The three days that the NFL draft is in KC, our whole city is going to be on display. It's going to be awesome. I saw there were some updated, like, not renderings, because you know I love renderings. but Big, big rendering but, guy, but, Nick. But, but maps of where things are going to be set up. Were you, uh, are you a big draft. map guy too? No, more into the renderings. I need renderings. Maps don't do it for me as much. You I, need I, like the fake stage I, I built need, yeah, up near I, Union Station rendering. I want to see the rendering of what the exact stage is going to look like and, and everything like that. Yeah, that's what I need. Come draft in April, end of April, man. Nick, I don't know if you ever gave a standing. Are you big on renderings <laughs> as well or, or no? Indifferent. I like the real thing personally. Well, that's so, just me. Yeah, but how that usually works is you get the you get those renderings, you know, first. No, and I then, don't care. You know. Just show me. Just let me know when it's actually built. Airport, you want to see it when it's built. The airport's yeah. almost done. I am happy. And that. as someone who flies as much as you, Nick, you should be thankful uh, for new airport. Have you? Why? Thanked? I it takes I, me ten minutes to uh, get through security. Yeah, but oh, you're that guy. Oh uh, no. Uh, well, as you just stated, you cannot do this. You cannot say, <laughs> well, Nick, you should love it because you fly all the time. And then the second I give an opinion, be like, well, that's a stupid opinion. I will say I'm I would excited. Know, I can't do that. I'm excited to know that when thousands and thousands of people come to this city for the draft in the spring, we will not be embarrassed. Oh, I don't care about other our, people. By our it's selfish. Air, we'll not be embarrassed yeah. by our airport as national members of the media and others fly into Kansas City and make fun of our city based on our airport. I'm glad. Cow towing to the those, national media. Those, huh? those, <laughs> days, those days are about over. A couple more months. We're like three months away. Two I would just like away. to occasionally visit. Like if I'm at the Kansas City airport for more than 30 minutes, it'd be cool to have more than, oh, I don't know, two places to go. Sure. And it's a like, you're right. There's convenience of just parking 40 minutes before your flight and just going in and getting through security in 10 minutes. There's nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, when you cut in line like Nick, I'm sure there is. Um, but well, I don't do that anymore. He doesn't. But he's reformed. If you have to get there an extra half hour early now, at least if you show up early and it's not that backed up, there's about 15 different restaurants or whatever you're going to be able to actually go to now. There's oh, something so I can give said. more of my money to the man? I mean, were you not going to eat? You're going to rather go spend money in Denver? Is that right? You want to go spend money in another oh, city? Oh, you're taking no. you out of the local economy. No, I eat Got it. Home. No, that's fine. I eat at home. I pack my lunch. Eat a, eat a tuna have, salad you, sandwich on have, the plane every what day. Do you have Lunchables or something? Is no, that tuna what you, salad. you should be arrested if you eat tuna salad on the plane. Ugh. Oh, gosh. Arrested. Straight to jail. Immediate sentence. I'm, I know I'm in the minority here. Personally, I think other than snacks, eating like a meal on a plane just... <laughs> I mean, if you're on a long flight, obviously, well, I'm assuming yeah, you're changing your, your little your... two-hour flight. Did you really need to bring your Chinese food on the plane? Eat that damn thing before you get on the plane. It's always sandwiches. It's all Anytime someone's eating next to me, it's always a sandwich. Cold cuts. Yeah, you got nothing against that, right? But still. It's just... Cold cut no, sandwich? No, don't eat next to me at all. Actually, I think I think the only food you should be able to eat is the food that they give. So you. to be clear, Nick thinks unless that you're all di- unless you have you a medical do, unless no you have shorts, a medical expense, no shorts, all you can do Nick. on an airplane is sit there, show up, shut up, and, and sit down. Shoes in long pants, eat nothing, say nothing, shut up, and get to your flight. 
Nick would like nothing to happen on the plane yes. other than you sit there looking straight forward at nothing. I The last time I got on a plane, I sat down and I didn't have my headphones on. A major oversight by me. And I sit down and the woman behind me, just the first thing I heard her say was she's probably in like her 50s. And she said, huh, adulting, am I right? And I said, okay. <laughs> That's all gone. it took. That's all it took for me to be... Zero to zero to one hundred immediately. So you're you're just like the rudest person when it comes to airline travel. I'm not rude. I just keep to myself. But you won't even. That's called being polite, minding my own business. You're like one of my. You're like one of my friends where we'll go on an Uber, and I would prefer not to. I would prefer to be quiet as well. But if the driver is talking, like I'll, I'll answer short to try to give a clue. But I'm not a jerk. I don't ignore the person. I will be in an Uber with friends, and the driver will ask a question. And my other friends, if I don't say, they will not say a damn word, and so I'm forced to talk. They won't even respond to the guy? No, and I'm forced to talk so I don't feel like a complete a-hole. And so they, they will purposely do it now because they know it's ridiculous. They, won't, they will not have a conversation. Not that I need to have a conversation, but if someone's trying to talk to you, it's like you can still talk back. Yeah, I'll talk to people if they talk to me. I don't just ignore them and stare. That's what you said. You just did. I prefer airplane. not to have well, conversations. I, I, we know for someone in radio, that is very bizarre. Why? That you I didn't don't like get into talking. this. I didn't get into they this business like for the conversation. Like, but you talk for a living. The idea that you don't like talking is funny to me. That's all. That We've is had this depends on the circumstances. At the haircut place, what? we had the same thing. Nick, did, Nick was upset that I was having a conversation with with the lady Wait, cutting my hair. So you think that the, at at the core of this Not job is just I didn't talking? I didn't say at the core. Well, I mean, at the core, it is talking. Deep down, all we are doing is talking. Actually, at the core of it, this is down, becoming like, very nihilist so quick. <laughs> Up next, I hate you so much. <laughs> we'll get to what's trending and what the Josh Allen injury does mean for the Chiefs. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Casey Bobcat. Rent or own from Casey Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Former Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson joins Fesco in the morning, Mondays at 7.30 on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.